0: Masataka Yoshida is him. The left fielder continues to mash for the Boston Red Sox as he drove in six of the team's 11 runs in their win over the Cubs on Sunday. This is absolutely sustainable as I discuss it all on today's Locked On Red Sox. You are Locked On Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Red Sox, your home for all things Boston Red Sox. Thanks for making Locked On Red Sox your first listen of every day. I'm your host, Gabby Hurlbut, former ESPN social media associate and current host of the Boston Balling Podcast, here to discuss all things Boston Red Sox with you on this fine Monday. Good morning to the Red Sox, who... Claimed their first series over the Cubs this weekend coming back from the All-Star break. So I'm going to be discussing a lot of good things that happened in that series, including a man that's definitely the story of the game in Masataka Yoshida. Going to be going into whether that's sustainable or not for the rest of this season. Another guy who we've seen a lot of improvement from lately and seems to be on a roll at the moment is Tristan Casas. I'm going to be diving into what to look from him moving forward. And finally, Jake Faria, a pitcher who we saw throw on the mound on Sunday. So I'm going to be diving into his performance a little bit on today's episode. This episode of Locked on Red Sox is brought to you by eBay Motors. A championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay Guaranteed Fit. eBayMotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So I am so happy, even though today is Monday, because the Red Sox had a great series win against the Cubs. The bats were completely alive. The pitching... Overall was pretty good. I'm going to dive into a couple people who stood out in that series, particularly Masataka Yoshida. This man absolutely is him. Went three for five on Sunday with a grand slam and a two-run triple. He drove in six of the team's 11 runs on the day. So he definitely was the fuel of the Red Sox offense that day. Friday night, he was also hitting um, as well in the series. Had it, Went into a bit of a slump on Saturday, if you want to call it that. But, you know, not every player can have a hit in every single game. We've just gotten so, so spoiled from him with his performances that we've seen from him all season. And particularly in this series, really, he threw together two hits on Friday night. So it's really, really cool to see him panning out so far for the Red Sox because obviously when we signed him, there was some skepticism surrounding whether his skills would translate what he could do, what he couldn't do. He's having an MVP caliber season. Again, I always say he should have been an all-star. He absolutely was snubbed. I think that's been made perfectly clear at this point. The question now becomes with him, can he sustain this? That is going to be the biggest storyline I'm looking for from Yoshida going into the rest of the second half. Can he sustain what he's been doing and what he did in the first half? The answer to that question to me is yes. Why? Primarily because of his versatility. He doesn't always hit for power, but he can certainly hit his home runs as we've seen from him as recently as Sunday against the Cubs when he absolutely crushed that grand slam, Wrigley Field, you know, is a very, very hitter-friendly ballpark. There were a lot of Red Sox that were hitting home runs in the series, but he came up with a huge one on Sunday. I was literally on my feet screaming when the home run was hit. Um, It was awesome to see, and it was great for him and his confidence. So he does hit for power, and we had seen that from a lot of his clips and highlight videos from when he was playing in Japan. So that's always something that'll serve him well. But not only that is he doesn't always hit for power, he can just hit for contact to he can hit slow rollers to the pitcher and create an infield single out of it because he can speed down the base path. He can hit singles, he can hit doubles, he can steal bases. So he makes things happen and he's versatile. And those are the types of hitters often that can sustain what they're doing because we might see him in the second half go through some slumps where he isn't able to have that power and isn't able to hit as many home runs. We've seen it with Devers already this season, but he'll still be able to do the other little things right and make the most of his at-bats in terms of just going up to the plate and making it look easy, regardless of what pitch is being thrown to him or what pitcher he's facing. He approaches the plate with confidence and you can see it in his face. And when he hits the ball, it really is something special. He's so hard to pitch against because pitchers at this point know seemingly that he can hit pretty much any pitch and make contact with it. And hope the the ball goes somewhere that can drive in a base runner or can get him on base. So that's why I feel like whether he's hitting for power as much in the second half, he'll still be able to sustain the success that he's been having throughout this contract with the Red Sox. And that's what I feel like is the biggest reason why the Red Sox brought him in here is because of that plate versatility of being able to hit to different parts of the ballpark and be able to... Hit for both contact and power my top three characteristics when i think of yoshida that i would describe is one athleticism very very athletic guy and can you know do multiple things get himself on base and um hustle down the baseline He's also confident. That's another thing that I really like about him. He approaches his at bats with ease. And even if he does strike out or seems to be scuffling, he always is able to bounce back, which is super important mentally in baseball. And also, poise. He displays a lot of professionalism when he's hitting. And um, when he's just at the plate in general, and he can really read the room well and understands what his job is when he gets to the plate, and he's not always trying to do too much. If he gets that pitch that he can hit, I mean, he's going to crush that ball, and and you can bet, you know, a lot of your wallet that he will crush a lot of baseballs in that situation. But he doesn't approach those really important at bats in that way. He approaches it from a standpoint of what can I do to advance the base runner right now and that's what makes a really really good hitter at the major league level there really isn't much he can't do at the plate and that's why I feel like the Red Sox need to focus on um you know really really letting him shine adding a couple more bats to the lineup in the off season that they could really surround him and the other guys in the lineup who are performing really well with this off season, because what he does is a lot and he's going to be tough for years to come for opposing pitchers to face. He really is the meat of the lineup right now that I see. He's the hitter. I get really excited about when he's at the plate to when he comes up and, and to watch him because he makes things happen. He's a guy who, you know, you see him on a nightly basis and you're like, all right, what are we going to get from Yoshida tonight? And it's a good, what are we going to get? It's not an inconsistent, what version of him are we going to get? It's more, what kind of hits is he going to get tonight? What's he going to do on the bases? And that's incredible to have a hitter who's like that. where pretty much on a daily basis. You can look forward to it and say, Oh, I wonder, you know, what he's going to make happen tonight or how he's going to make an impact. So it's absolutely sustainable to me. I, I do see, you know, maybe there being a little slump for him um coming up where he might struggle a little bit to stay in that groove, but over the length of the rest of the season with these 60 or so games that are left, he can really, really, you know, take advantage of everything that's coming, and he can really, really continue to thrive because he's been such a great, great signing for the Red Sox, and I really hope it continues. Coming up, I'm going to be talking about a player who I've been asking people to be patient with because he really, really needed time to develop, and he may be starting to break out of that early season slump that he was in now and seemingly figure it out. So I'm going to be touching on Tristan Casas coming up, So if you are looking for a fun, reliable fantasy app, check out Sleeper. Do you want the chance to win more money with less picks? Head to Sleeper where you can win up to 100 times your money on just two or more fantasy baseball picks. So obviously, you know, Sunday Night Baseball was last night. And before that game happened, um, you know, You look at the two teams and the one player who you can safely say, you know, could be really, really good to add to your fantasy team right now if you need a spark is probably Shohei Otani, the man who is having an MVP caliber season, both at the plate and on the mound. Um, So he's the type of player that if your team needs a little bit of a spark you know, you can go onto the sleeper app and just see really everything he's doing. And they'll explain why you should select him, why you should take him and why he would be a good fantasy pick. I mean, honestly, nobody does what Otani does in the first place. So the fact that you wouldn't have him on your team to start the season makes zero sense to me. And if nobody has him, then that's their fault. But it's it's a great way to, you know, really, really help with your fantasy. Progression to help you make wise decisions about your fantasy baseball team. Use promo code locked on and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. Really it, it they make it so easy to navigate and it's so cool because you can see every game that's being played that night, with some more advanced stats of who's in the lineup, who's pitching, and what to expect. So, it's definitely a way to make money in a fantasy type capacity because who doesn't love fantasy? It's fun. So, check out Sleeper today and use that promo code locked on MLB. So, Tristan Casas, I asked people early on in the season to please be patient with Casas because. Players need time to develop, and he is still so early on in his career that it's hard to expect him to step foot on a baseball field and just master everything right away because that's just not going to happen. Young players who have been used to playing in the minors and working their way up need to get a feel for major league pitching and need to get a feel for their role within the major league lineup and what they need to do to be successful. So as a result, I mean, he must love Wrigley field and playing there at this point because he homered in all three games of the series, his last seven games, he's hitting over 300 um, with a 385 on base percentage. I mean, it's, it's, crazy what he's done recently. The progression that you've seen from him where he was, you know, uh, staying around 200 for his batting average early on has now continued to improve a lot of different aspects of his game. I mean, he's obviously hitting the long ball, but he's finding more ways to just improve his overall dynamic at the plate. He was really quick. To swing at pitches early on and i've really noticed him start to be more patient at the plate and wait for more pitches that are good for him to hit which is super important if you want to be successful at the major league level so he seems to be just approaching his plate discipline a lot differently and being willing to take walks or being willing to not jump the gun and just hit or try to hit whatever pitch is thrown and instead stay back and wait make the pitcher work and find his pitch and then swing at it. And even his defensive development has gotten better too. He was making some really, really key errors at first base early on in the season. He's now cleaned up a lot of that and is starting to be a reliable defensive first baseman as well. I think there's more that he needs to work on. In terms of just his ability to be overall aware of what's going on on the field. So, if he is playing defense, just knowing the right plays to make in certain situations. But that to me will come with time. But he really is starting to improve defensively overall as a first baseman, which is super promising. And it just seems like something's clicked in his head. Somebody said something to him or something clicked in his head. And one thing to think about here is possible learning from Justin Turner who plays the same position as him primarily on the team right now is obviously a very experienced veteran who has had many plate appearances throughout his day has faced many different pitchers and so being able to have Justin Turner as a mentor to me is really beneficial for Casas I'm sure he's given the kid pointers in terms of you know here's what you can do at the plate to just kind of help improve your presence there and have a more competitive at bat. And defensively, I'm sure he's also given Casas tips on, oh, you know, if the bases are loaded and the hitter hits a slow grounder, um, you know, to the pitcher and he throws it to you, you can immediately look to see if you have a play at home plate before tagging the bag at first. So it's little things like that that I'm sure Justin Turner is helping him with. And that's another really, really good, Reason why Turner is here for situations like this to help work with these younger players and Casas primarily because you know let's face it, Casas likely is going to be the first baseman of the future, and for him to be able to keep playing there and have somebody like Justin Turner, who's been so incredibly successful throughout his career at the helm with him teaching him things as he goes along, could be so huge for Casas and his confidence and. Just one thing I will say is he just needs to play as much as he can. Um, You know, I, I definitely appreciate that Cora seems to be able to recognize what some of his weaknesses are, what, you know, could be a little bit of weaker matchups for him pitching wise. But he does need to play more because... He can't get better if he doesn't play and he needs to kind of get used to that everyday routine of being relied upon more. And it's obviously been nice having Justin Turner here because he can platoon at first base with Casas. But I would like to see Casas really start to play more every day and more consecutive days just so he can really get used to that professional of I'm expected to really play every day and be the first baseman that this team can rely on. Because since it's kind of a shared responsibility right now between him and Justin Turner, he's still working his way into that um, full role of, I am the first baseman. So more playing time, I think would really allow for more of that development period for him to be able to say, okay, I've now had more experience being that guy that the team turns to at first base. So I can go in there and really thrive in that position. So I think it's going to be really crucial down the stretch here as we head into the last couple months of the regular season to see him play a lot more um, games and, you know, really help him to gain that confidence fully because Turner probably isn't going to be here much longer, Um, you know, strictly because of where he's at in his career. I don't think the Red Sox trade him or anything like that, but just where he's at in his career. You can't really rely on somebody else platooning that responsibility with Casas as much as the team is right now. So if I could say one thing about uh, Cora's management of Casas, it would be just play him more so that he can really, really work his way into that role of being the everyday first baseman. Because if he can do that, he could be a really, really serious weapon for this team moving forward. And I'm so excited to see him continue to develop because if he could end up like a Jaron Duran and what he's been doing at the plate, then this Red Sox team is in a really, really good spot for the future of this team. So I just hope that Casas can play more and continue to thrive and continue to improve because there were a lot of people giving him a hard time early on, and he seems to have just taken all of that and really turned things around and grown into his own. So go Casas. I'm all trusting Casas' team here. Uh, So rooting for him. I hope he continues to improve. Coming up, I'm going to talk about a pitcher who was quite frustrating to watch in Sunday's game against the Cubs. He's been in and out of AAA. Jake Faria, I'm going to be going over you know, his outing on Sunday and what his future with the Red Sox looks like. Don't forget... To check out Locked On MLB, Locked On MLB Prospects, those two shows can give you a great overview of what's going on across the league with other teams in baseball. If you want to know um, realistically what team in the wild card positions right now can the Red Sox most likely beat out for a spot, or the other teams that are on the bubble, whether that's you know the Yankees, Blue Jays, Astros, who from those teams. Are the Red Sox likely able to kind of prevail and stay ahead of to get a wild card spot in the playoffs? Or if you're wondering how prospects are doing and just want a prospect update, check out Locked on MLB Prospects. Those shows are available to you Monday through Friday as well on the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Also, don't forget to follow Locked on Red Sox on your favorite podcast platform. Leave a review, leave a rating, share it with family and friends. Follow me on Twitter at GabbyHurlbot10 or on Instagram at Gabby underscore Hurlbut10. And follow the show on Twitter at L-O- underscore Red Sox. Keep up with the discussion that way too, whether that's to complain about the lineup or um, ask a question about a longer term discussion you may want to have. I'm here for it follow me and follow the show on those platforms and we will continue to have some fun talking about the Red Sox as they finally are giving me giving me exciting things to talk about on the show. So Jake Faria obviously has been a pitcher who has not been reliable with the Red Sox organization since he's been here. Small sample size, but um you know, basically he signed a minor league contract with the team back in February. And they did select him to the active roster in April following Chris Martin's injury, but he wasn't actually used. He was there out of the bullpen, but they didn't actually use him, and then they DFA'd him the next day. Nobody claimed him, so then he was sent out right back to Worcester. And then obviously on Sunday, um, you know, they selected his contract again from AAA. They DFA'd Taylor Scott, which by the way, had to happen. Scott just needed to go and could not figure it out in Boston. He most recently pitched on Saturday. He only pitched one inning because he gave up three hits and two runs in that inning and had a 745 earned run average in his time here. He didn't get a big you know, chance, but that's fine because they're not really at the point in the season now where they can give people multiple chances if they want to make a playoff run. So Scott was on a short leash, didn't deliver, bye. Got shipped out, okay, needed to happen, good. So they brought Faria up on Sunday, and oh my gosh, was it stressful. I don't know about you, but when I was watching him pitch in that eighth inning, I was like, I mean, I like to think an 11-0 lead is a big enough lead for any pitcher but this guy really made me feel like this could be proven wrong today right here we could get a situation where the red sox blow an 11 run lead over a two inning period because i mean four straight walks to start the eighth inning just absolutely cannot happen just can't happen i mean when you, when you start the inning with four walks, you already know it's not going to go well. So it's obviously the four walks. I mean, he gave up four hits over the two innings. He pitched and five earned runs, three of those coming in the eighth inning and three of them coming in the ninth. So he certainly did not make it easy at all. When he was up there, he gave up a single and a triple in the ninth for those two runs that he gave up then. Um, It's just, it was crazy to me. I mean, like Here I am sitting there all confident and comfortable, happy with how the game is going, seeing Yoshida, Casas, you know, hitting, Devers um, going deep again, getting another hit. Things seem to be going really well in Red Sox land and Gabby land, and then all of a sudden enter Faria, and he has other ideas and wanted to make my Sunday and probably your Sunday too just slightly worse because it was just going too well for a Sunday, day before the week starts, but going back to work and my Sunday just wasn't eventful enough. So Faria had to make it eventful. So he certainly did. Um and you know, that earned run average is uh definitely not pretty at the moment. Um, but here's what I think in all seriousness about him. I think it was a one day stint. I expect him to either be gone today or back down to triple A today. Um, I think, you know the Red Sox are in a situation where they can't be messing with things like this. They really need to be, you know, locked in on their goals, especially if they are going to be a playoff team, which this offense is making it really, really difficult now to argue that they shouldn't be a playoff team. Um, So you can't be giving guys like this chances. And obviously, you know, it's a red flag when you DFA him once and nobody claims him off waivers, because obviously that means that even the most desperate of teams didn't want him. And there was something about him and it's like, okay, fine. Like you bring him back up because of injuries, see how he does for one stint. Sure. Didn't pitch. Well, I I thoroughly expect that, you know, it's, it's going to be, um, another move for the Red Sox. I think this is just not going to work. Um, I think they'll cut ties immediately. So I don't think there's any longer term thing to be worried about here It certainly frustrated me watching that because, I mean, geez, like this team continues to just not make it easy for us, really. But I think, um, you know, we see news that he gets either sent back down to AAA or gets DFA because there's just no way that you can really justify having this guy here still. Um, The Cubs, you know, they have some stingy hitters on that team, but you can't just give people free passes that many times it's just it's just not good um he had absolutely no command no control whatsoever just could not figure it out and after he finally got through that bumpy eighth inning I was like all right we're good like he got over the hump like let's just finish this game in peace in the ninth but no like that can't happen either too too simple too easy just makes too much sense So he comes in again for the ninth inning, and sure enough, there's more drama then. Uh, So obviously, you know, being up 11-0 going into the eighth inning, which, by the way, Cutter Crawford, huge props to him. Six innings, only one hit given up. That's a really, really strong performance, and he deserves all that credit for that. I mean, the walks still continue to be an issue for him. That's something I want to see him fix in the second half, is just kind of really, really owning and gaining his control at the um on the mound but I do like the upside with him I like his ceiling I think there's a lot of potential there for him to really be a reliable starter in this rotation I don't think he's quite there yet where I'm ready to be completely sold on him yet but I am you know starting to like him more and more with the times that he starts because he does show that he is able to get the job done pretty effectively Um, So I like what I saw from him Sunday overall just needs to cut down on the walks a little bit, but yeah. So he has this great outing. You want it to continue like ending the game with a shutout is cool. So obviously looking back on it, giving up five runs and two innings is really not good um, all at the hands of Faria. But again, it's not anything I'm worried about long-term. I thoroughly expect him to just not be a part of this team anymore. Um, The Red Sox are fun again This team is is playing good baseball and, you know, starting a series against Oakland tonight. That is ideal. Got to take care of business there, just like they took care of Oakland right before the break. Got to go into this series because these really should be free wins against the A's. So keep that momentum going because then you go back home and you play the Mets and that should be a fun series, too. Um, against the Mets team that obviously has been severely struggling right now, but we know they have a ton of talent and could kick it into high gear at any time. So that should be a lot of fun. But first, just take care of business, please, in Oakland. I'm not looking forward to the late start times of those first two games. Wednesday's game is a day game. It starts at 3.37 Eastern time. But the first two games are those late night games. So night owls, get get, uh, your uh, soda ready or any type of caffeine that You might need to stay up because I'll be staying up um, and we can be tired together and watch the Red Sox hopefully at least take two, but ideally sweep Oakland over the next three days. So, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. But this is this is going to be really, really crucial for the Red Sox to take care of business here against a team that they really should be able to beat. So, thanks again for tuning into Lockdown Red Sox, making the show your first listen of every day. I'm your host, Gabby Hurlbutt. I will catch you on the flip side.